We finally get some insight over what is holding up the Aaron Rodgers trade and into what the compensation might look like. Plus, Matt LaFleur talks about what this Packers secondary is expected to look like with an unexpected injury update. All of that on today's show. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Touchdown! You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for the Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Some clarity on what is going on with the Aaron Rodgers trade situation. We're not just talking about leverage. We're not just talking about hypotheticals. We are talking about some actual reported details. Now, Charles Robinson from Yahoo is one of the most plugged in people we have. He was a big part of the reporting around the spring of discontent back in 2021, the summer of honesty, all of that good stuff. He was the guy, remember, who reported Aaron Rodgers wanted heads to roll. He was the guy that compared all this to some things that have happened with David Dunn in the past. And so he is pretty well connected. He would have to be to report some of those things. And by the way, a lot of that reporting has been later confirmed. And and I have also been told very reliably and and there, there, there is like real evidence here that a lot of that reporting was true. I'm not, I don't mean to impugn any of it. I'm just saying I only I only can verify what I can verify. And so it leads me to believe all of it was true, of course. Aaron Rodgers was very upset with what was going on in the organization and wanted change. Like whether or not he said, fire them or I have to come or I'm not coming back, I don't know. But I know, I know he wanted change as in jobs. He wanted culture changing moves to be made. Okay. Just I want to I want to preface that because Charles Robinson is not newsbreaker guy, he's not Adam Schefter, he's not Ian Rappaport, he's not someone who's going to come in hot and be like breaking but whatever. Like he's just not that guy. He generally has these more reported pieces, they're more like features and explainers and dig deep into these topics. Um he, he's almost like an investigative journalist in that way, but he's he's not doing the Don Van Natta thing. And what makes this so interesting to me is there's a couple pieces of this that I'm fascinated by. Okay, let's start with what we know about the draft compensation based on this reporting. What Charles is reporting is a second round pick this year, whichever of the the Jets picks, we don't know, they're back to back. So you just, if you're the Packers, you're like, we'd like the higher one, but it's one difference. Um, And then a future Second round pick, there's some confusion around this, but the way I've read it is a future second round pick in 2024 that can become a first assuming some things happen. And we don't know exactly what those things are. It's um, whether it's 
you know, team, whether it's Rodgers, whether it's whatever. And remember the Brett Favre trade? It was Favre playing snaps. For the Carson Wentz trade, it was Wentz playing snaps. Uh, and th there have been in the past these um, escalators for performance. So could it be a second that becomes a first if the Jets make the playoffs? If the Jets win their division? You, you wouldn't want to make it as narrow as win the Super Bowl. I think that's just way too narrow. And I, I don't think that's in anyone's interest to do it that way. But I think this is where ultimately, and, and based on the reporting, the, the breakdown is the Packers apparently don't want conditions. Give us the picks. Now, here's what that tells me. They want more than the future second. Because if the condition is the problem and the baseline is a two and it can become a first if, then what Green Bay is essentially saying is we want a first. So give us the first. When you say I want straight picks, not the conditional, then you're saying, well, what you want is the top end, not the condition. Because if it was just as easy as two twos, well, then that would be enough. Now, there's another complicating factor here. The Jets have apparently said if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play in 2024, they want a compensatory pick back. It essentially becomes a pick swap. That is an interesting idea. And I actually think it is very clever. I think it's very clever. Um, because if you're the Jets, you, you could even, you know, trigger Aaron Rodgers if things don't go well to not come back and you get the pick. Whether or not the Jets would actually want that, you know, we can't be sure. And we don't know what that pick is. I, I don't think Packer fans have said, like, fine, send the third because Brian Gutekind's lights third round picks on fire. I, I don't think that that's probably the best way to approach looking at draft compensation. But in a lot of ways, that would make sense. If I'm Brian Gutekind, and I've been saying this, and I know Jets fans want to pull up old tweets. I want a first in value, but I'm asking until I absolutely can no longer ask anymore for a first. So, okay, Jets, I get it. You don't want to give up 13. That is a premium pick. I wouldn't want to give it up either. Then it's your 2024 first. It's your 2024 first. That is the first that you need to have in this deal. And then it becomes 43. And, you know, best case scenario for the Jets, 32. And if it is 32 or even 31, you do that trade 100 times out of 100. If you're the Packers, same thing. If you could trade uh, for a player, a first-round pick for a player that got you to a Super Bowl, you do it. Like, the Rams would make the Matthew Stafford trade again 100 times out of 100 because it won them a Super Bowl. The Jets are desperate to be relevant. They would want this first. Now, this, this retrieval pick... I wonder if that's the key here. Could you say, look, we will, as the Packers, juice that pick if Rodgers doesn't come back. So make the trade 42 and your future first for Aaron Rodgers plus Corey Davis 
And if Rodgers does not play in 2024, then you can have the third round pick in 2025 or whatever it is. And it becomes a pick swap or even a second round pick in 2025. Because guess what? If Jordan Love is not good, Brian Gutekinds is probably not making the 2025 Packers selections. And so at that point, it's just like, well, whatever. Because you would you you probably would not be able to make the cutoff the 2024 draft. You'd have to wait until we saw 2024. So it'd have to be 2025, which also complicates all of this. But that drawn out of a timeline, I would be fine having that first turn into what is essentially a pick swap because you're hoping to have the core of your team established at that point. So that is the, that is the piece that I think is really interesting. Now, what Brian Gutekind said, and, and the part that was not about Aaron Rodgers ghosting him, was that it, it wouldn't have to be a first-round pick. And what I think is interesting in that is Rich Shemini from ESPN wrote about this again and, and Woody Johnson and some of the, the agita that he is apparently feeling. I wonder if we get back to this idea of if it's not going to be a first, then it needs to be a player like Jermaine Johnson. That that is the compromise. That, okay, you don't want to do the first, then it's two seconds, there's this retrieval pick option, and then a player. And you decide whatever whatever it is that you want to do, Jets, but that is what they're they're arguing over is this conditional versus not conditional. Clearly, the Packers want that first. And so, you know, it, it might not be over over that 13 is out of play because what the Jets might say is, okay, 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 okay. Instead of the second this year and the conditionals and the future first and, and multiple draft picks, we'll give you 13. It's not a it's not a crazy idea. Also, for let's let's call it 42 plus that future pick, that future second, which to the Packers right now is worth a third based on the way the NFL evaluates these things. That is an end of the first round pick in value. Even if it's a bad third round pick, it's an end of the first round pick in value because it's a pretty high second. Well, if you expected that first coming up is at the end of the first round, then plus the second, now you're talking about a high first round pick. You're talking about the 13th overall pick in value. So what is the argument? Well, it's that condition because you don't want to give up the second and the you'd rather give up the second and the third because that's an end of the first round pick versus just 13, which is obviously top of the first round or at least in the top half, that is the more valuable part of the package. So if you're the if you're the Packers and you're the Jets and you're saying, okay, the second is the thing this year and the first is the problem, then that again might ultimately end up being where they can find that compromise. My guess would be if this lands on conditions, the Jets either have to ditch the retrieval option or that pick is lowered and or amp up the player or players that are going to be in this deal. You have to throw in something else to sweeten the pot here. And as we get to the draft, 
That's when those deadlines are going to start getting into play. This is the framework of a deal that I think can make sense. It's It seems pretty obvious what the Packers are waiting for, and they should. They should absolutely wait until they absolutely have to to keep pushing for that piece of the deal. All right, we're going to talk about the Packers secondary when we get back. Before we do, today's episode brought to you by Vandal. The tournament is coming down to it. Final four, men's and women's. Kalen Clark versus Leah Boston on the women's side. We've got um, some programs that you probably don't care about on the men's side, but that's what the gambling was invented for, right? And FanDuel is giving no customers no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. You want to take a, a game that you don't really care about and make you care about it, put some money on it. All of a sudden, you're going to care about it a lot more. Bet. Eh. And FanDuel is going to give you bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, go to FanDuel.com to sign up to claim your no sweat first bet. Don't miss your shot at that no sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. So we speculated recklessly. No, yesterday, Brian Gutekind said Keyshawn Nixon get a chance in the slot. And we said, okay, that means Russell Douglas moving to safety. As Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. Matt LaFleur said in his press conference yesterday that, in fact, um, Russell Douglas is staying at corner. So is Jair Alexander, at least for the moment, and Eric Stokes, who had a, a very serious injury. Ankle and knee. It doesn't sound like he's going to be ready to start the season, which is concerning. Now, he might have had a partially torn ACL. He might have had you know, an ankle injury that is much worse than we thought. Um, one of those foot injuries, there are a, some some really, really touchy foot injuries. There's a lot of different things this could be, so we're not going to speculate on that, but clearly this was a really, really bad injury. Now, that means Darnell Savage is at safety. It sounds like Rudy Ford is going to be your other safety. They probably need some more in that room. I wondered why Keyshawn Nixon wasn't getting an opportunity to play um, at safety. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. And actually, Matt LaFleur said Keyshawn Nixon might get a chance to play on offense. That would be contingent on him winning and locking down that nickel spot. Now, I don't think this has any real repercussions for the draft at corner. Because if they think Keyshawn Nixon is good enough to play the slot, and I get it, um, and you're waiting for Eric Stokes to come back, and you have Russell Douglas under contract, Jair Alexander is a superstar, you're you're pretty set at corner. So I think that we probably can can table that. But maybe someone like Kaylee Ringo from Georgia, some of these these corners, there's been some talk that some of them might need to convert to to safety or maybe you just do that anyway. It's the kind of thing that I think the Packers will be looking at. It's just a bad safety class. So I'll be surprised if they don't sign a veteran. I think there are a lot of things on hold right now because this trade is on hold right now, or at least it hasn't happened yet. But so Darnell Savage is going to play safety. This is his chance. I think Rudy Ford makes a lot of sense as the other guy he played. He played well in limited duty as the, the nickel safety. He played inconsistently. Um, he took Darnell Savage's job, but I think that was more about Savage playing poorly. And then Rudy Ford had some issues, but I think they feel like Ford is, is a young player still. There's opportunity there. His his special teams ability is, is not in question at all. 
He is an incredible special teams player. His speed is, is phenomenal. It is, it is S tier. But whether or not he can, can consistently contribute to this defense is, is so far a pretty big question. I like what we saw in those limited reps. Can he bottle that and make that part of a more consistent process? Well, maybe with a full off season to be a part of this defense, maybe now Joe Barry understands the best use cases for him. You know, Matt LaFleur talked about simplifying this defense, which I thought was interesting because like they were already pretty vanilla. Now they played some more different kinds of coverages. I think, I think we're going to see a lot more cover two, um, a lot more man coverage. And they're just going to say, we're just going to put our guys on your guys. Now, they did that last year to an extent, too. They're going to need to get a little bit more creative than that. But I do think some of that squat corner stuff where you have more press coverage on the outside, that really unlocked what they're doing. And if Russell Douglas is, in fact, going to be, um, you know, your, your everyday starter at corner in the short run, then that's a great place to use him. But both of those guys like to play off. So I'll be interested to see what, what decisions they make there. They need a safety in this draft. Young player. Now, even if they sign someone, they they brought in Tavares more. Maybe they think he has a chance to actually contribute for them, and it's a, it's a nice bet because worst case, he's a useful special teams player for you, and can be that third safety, that that sort of like Will Redmond kind of player. But I never really liked Will Redmond as a player. Like I always thought they should take greater strides to upgrade that position. So I don't, I don't really. I have been very confused as to what is going on at the safety position over the last couple of years for the Packers. And I know I get accused of being a, a front office homer, but I've been pretty consistent on my confusion there. I don't understand what the plan is. I don't understand if there's a plan. And it was pretty obvious they needed some help last year. It was pretty obvious they needed some help the year before that. It's been, this has been obvious since 2020. You know, Adrian Amos was playing really well. Darnell Savage was an ascending player, but then they wanted to live in nickel and dime and they didn't have a third safety to do it. And they didn't assign any resources to improve it. I don't understand why you would handle it that way. It doesn't make any sense to me. So they they need to, to, to get some more young talent in there. If for no other reason, this is probably the last year Darnell Savage is going to be a Green Bay Packer. If his play does not turn around this season, if he does not play much better than he did last year, I'm open to that possibility because of the flashes we saw. And I still think in a defense where he's playing robber, robber in the middle of the field, um, like there's a lot of interesting things that they can do there. That the, the Vic Fangio bones of this defense seem to fall away, but maybe they can get back to some of those, you know, those switch safety looks and and spinning the safeties down and trying to create some more confusion. <sighs> I really don't know what to expect from this defense. I know that their their linebacker room is as set as it's been in a long time. They bring back Justin Hollins. They have Kingsley and Igbari. They have Preston Smith. Rashawn Gary's coming back. Um, they could probably use another veteran defensive lineman because it's like Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Clark, and stuff right now. Um, no disrespect to TJ Slayton, obviously. I'm a big fan of TJ Slayton, but they need some they need some interior work there. I don't, I don't know when or if that's going to happen. That may be a post-June one thing. That may be an August thing. We'll see. But this secondary right now is, is not as good as we thought last year's team was going to be. And then last year's secondary turned out to not be great. It turns out to be good. 
but not great. We thought it had the chance to be great. Now, Eric Stokes, you know, it could be that he's he may not be fully up to speed by week one, but that he's back. He's in training camp. He's healthy. He's just sort of working his way back up to speed. And by week three, week four, he's back and doing everything that, that we expect of him. But there's no guarantees that's the case. We don't know what's going on with him right now. Now, luckily for the Packers, they have three corners that they feel really good about. Then you add in Shamar Jean Charles. And then, you know, Stokes is still a former first-round pick who was excellent as a rookie, not just excellent for a rookie, excellent as a rookie. And then had a little bit of a sophomore slump. His game is predicated on speed. We saw Kevin King early in his career play really well at times. And that's serious. Like 2019, Kevin King, to start the year, that guy was pretty good. 2018, Kevin King. Maybe it was 2018. Kevin King, pretty good. And the injuries over time, first of all, couldn't stay healthy. I don't think that's going to be an Eric Stokes problem, but couldn't stay healthy, Kevin King. That was a problem all through college. And it just sapped him of all of his athleticism. Eric Stokes, his primary, primary appeal is that he is an incredible, like outlier elite athlete. 4-2 speed at 6'1", 200 pounds. He is a, a physical marvel. Well, if he can't get back to that, can he can he upgrade the other parts of that? You know, doesn't have the great the greatest ball skills. What is the value there? Maybe Eric Stokes at safety. That could be fun. Let's talk about it. Let's get wild. Let's get creative. Let's find solutions to problems. Just, you know, something I think about. All right, we're going to finish up here with an interesting idea, something that I have been noodling on and then our friend Wendell Ferreira um, over at uh, Zone Coverage wrote about this, and I was like, okay, I, I want I'll, I'll talk about it now. Um, thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, as I said, Wendell, Wendell brought this up and, and then wrote about it. I told him I, I thought it was a great idea. It was something that I had been talking to some media friends about. But because there's been so much other stuff to talk and tweet about, had not thrown it out there publicly. Sometimes you got to keep these things in the holster. But unfortunately, when you do that, someone else beats you to it. So that is what happened. And, and the beat you to it part of this is Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is pretty, pretty toast physically, but he knows this offense. He is a former league MVP under Matt LaFleur, knows and loves Matt LaFleur, and seems like he would be the perfect guy to come in and say, look, Matt, everyone knows that you're not the starter here. It's Jordan Love. Come in, be a veteran, be a pro, help this guy. In practice, on the sidelines, in the games, hey, what are you seeing? I think it is the perfect, the perfect match. And then if you have an injury, less than half of NFL teams last year had a starting quarterback make it through the whole season. You are going to need your backup QB at some point in all likelihood. Matt Ryan can win you a game or two. So there's value in there. Now, this is not quite if he goes down, we're aft and we don't practice aft. 
because Jordan Love is not that guy. So it's actually nice to have a backup and not just a backup, a veteran backup. Now, would Matt Ryan have interest in doing that, all that stuff? Like, we don't know. I would think that there would be some interest given his connection to Matt LaFleur. Would the Packers have interest? We'll see. Matt Ryan might still think he has a chance to go compete somewhere for a starting job. And so if that's the case, God bless him, go go do that. But like, for example, there was this story that Zach Gelb, who's a radio talk show host, put out that he had heard Aaron Rodgers had meetings with Matt LaFleur to go over game plans to install things that Rodgers wanted. And there would be times when Rodgers would just not show up. So there is value in sitting behind an Aaron Rodgers for so many reasons. But there's also some downsides. And part of that is a reliability issue. And you see that, that some bad habits get rewarded because you're just such a great player. I, I, now, I think Jordan Love, you have to give him the benefit of the doubt and you have to give him enough credit to go, okay, that's not for everybody. That's Aaron Rodgers. That's not me. But if I'm great, I'll get the benefit of the doubt, which by the way, absolutely yes is the case. And so if that drives you to be great, hey, go be great, young man. But I think it would be really nice to have a quarterback that is going to do everything right, that is going to be at every meeting he's supposed to be at. That is not going to be dicking around um, in, in you know practice hallways. That is not going to be missing practice to go on Pat McAfee to clear his name when it comes to um, what happened with his COVID status, all this stuff. It is a little bit of the version of the thing that we talked about yesterday of the, can we just have a quarterback that wants to play football? Okay, let's have, a, let's have a veteran in the room with Jordan Love who just wants to play football and not want to be the smartest guy in the room at all times. I think there's real benefits to that. And, and I just have always liked Matt Ryan, going back to Boston College. So I think that this, this makes a lot of sense. It's something that you could do after um, the, the trade happens or even after the draft. Who knows what the market is going to be? But a veteran quarterback makes so much sense. And it doesn't have to be Matt Ryan. There are other guys who would also make sense. I just think Matt Ryan, for all the reasons that I mentioned, someone who ran this offense at a high level and who could who could say, hey, Matt, remember that thing we did in 2016 when I was the league MVP and we ran rough shot over the league and we had that guy who was 6'4", 220 and could run past everyone. Um, remember we ran that play for Julio Jones. What if we ran that for Christian Watson? What if we did this? What if we did that? And it's like having an extra coach. And then you have the shorthand of the experience that they have together. It just makes so much sense. And if you need him to go out there and play a series or two, you need to go out there and play a game or two. He's not, you know, Blake Callahan. I'm not even 100% sure that that's a real person. I don't know that I actually said a real name. Was that his name? Joe Callahan. Who's Blake Callahan? I don't know. But that, that is the level of backup quarterback that Aaron Rodgers has had at times over the years. So this is this is something that I think makes a lot of sense. And whether or not, it's not a priority, but it was something that I had been noodling about. And then Wendell put it out there. And so I was like, okay, we got to talk about this now. Shout out to him. 
um, for for sniping my take. I appreciate it. Um, good for you. And uh, now we get to talk about it. We get to talk about it. And it got it actually got me really fired up because I was like, okay, cool. Now I get to talk about it. Um, and I got really, really fired up thinking about it. I think it's, I think it's a no brainer, honestly. Um, I'll be a little disappointed if it doesn't in fact happen. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. We will be back tomorrow, the rest of the week. Um, trying to work on some interviews here, maybe Thursday and Friday. Um, if we can make it work, if we can make it work, I've got a lot of draft prep to do. Um, the draft is, is like a month away now and I'm way behind on watching these guys. So I got to get on that, but I've got a lot. Um, a lot that I have to do around here. Um, like I said, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, like when we have a Aaron Rodgers trade, we can do that because we have the Locked on Packers YouTube, so you can stay Locked on Packers. <laughs>